0: Happy Halloween. It's an absurd holiday. Oh yes, putting on costumes and striking fear. Quite absurd. All it
1: takes is one bad day. You've eaten Gotham's wealth. It's spirit. But your feast
0: is nearly over. This is not a hole. It's an operating table, and I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you
1: laughing? From this moment
0: on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to BatmanOnfilm.com and click on the link to the Batman Podcast Network for a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. The Batman Book Club is also now a member of Patreon. Just go to patreon.com/slash the Batman BC if you'd like to help out the show. Thank you for listening to episode number 78, Night of the Reaper, the official kickoff to a month of spooky Batman stories. Now, joining me is no stranger to these here parts. He actually helped me kick off the jumpstart this spooky event last year for the first one. So this is now an annual thing, and I guess it's got to be annual that the sheriff comes to the show and kicks it off each month. It's Ryan Haas. Ryan, Woo. hello, welcome. Pew, to pew, pew, pew. Hello, I called you Ryan. That's weird. I never call you Ryan. Oh, it is weird. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Ryan, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's better than hoss I think you yeah. said before, like I was the only one that ever called you hoss and it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much. Uh, thanks for to here. thanks for coming back and kicking this off. Um, we had yes. such a great time last year, and uh, we said, you know what? In 365 days, let's do this again. And mm-hmm. I actually don't even know if that was the time we recorded it, but you were the first. <laughs> um so i'm pretty i'm pretty happy about it yeah Feeling good things yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's it's funny because every time every time every this, time this holiday comes up like last year <laughs> and this year yeah uh you're asking uh the bat boys like oh like we should do this, should we do this make it this annual thing and and some people are saying oh you're gonna run out of scary batman stories and it just seems like that's really not the case. At, at first glance, you might think like, oh, you have the long Halloween, sure. and then you've got like a couple other ones. There's probably one with werewolves or something in it, and then. But you start to really look, and there's there's a lot of spooky supernatural type stories, and, yeah. um, you know, Night of the Reaper that we have here is no exception. But I'm just looking here in our, um, like last year's story. Uh, I think I have a theme going on here. I, I kind of <laughs> like this era. This uh-huh. Neil Adams uh uh Denny O'Neill uh era of things. Uh but a lot of these stories in this era are this like nineteen seventies like hammer horror inspired. Like yeah. you flip through these cause um I've got uh this story I well I read it on DC Universe in Infinite, but I've also got it here now <laughs> while we record in my uh paperback Batman Illustrated by Neil Adams uh volume three. And you just flip through this story and there's just like werewolves and clocks that strike at midnight and spooks, ghouls. Like most of these stories have like, there's ghosts like in Detective Comics 408. Like the story is the house that haunted Batman. Even the houses are haunting the Batman, (laughs) you know, like a vow from the grave, like, uh, you know, red water, Crimson
0: Death. That's the one we talked about. Yes. Um, Last year, last year, Batman: yeah. Brave and the Bold, ninety yeah. three. I was trying to find the title, and yeah, Red yes. Water, Crimson Death, yeah. which is one I'd never read before. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was Detective awesome. Comics
1: four hundred four,
0: Ghost of the Killer Skies, like they're all like these
1: spooky type stories. Yeah, and 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 the story at the end of this Neil Adams book too. You have like I think it's um, I think it's not yeah Moon of the Wolf. Yeah, and that got turned. You know that got turned into a. a And that's a Lynn Wien story. And that got turned Mm -hmm. into a Batman animated series episode really accurately, by the way, all the, the designs got translated into the, 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 the animated series. And as a kid, I watched, I'm like, this is a, this isn't like Joker or penguin or whatever, but then you start to look it up and you're like, Oh, this was a, this is actually a adaptation from like a seventies comic. It's, it's even, it's really comics. It's one
0: of the best haircuts any scientist has ever had. Oh my goodness. Milo. Yeah. Milo and his bowl cut. Um, yeah, exactly. it's funny that you say that because definitely, sure, we might run out of spooky Tim Sale, Jeff Lowe Batman stories. But the good thing about Batman is that there are thousands of stories and he has a ton of spooky ones. And there's, I can't, I should have looked it up, but uh, I need to write down <laughs> somebody had commented on Twitter, uh, the Batman Book Club's Twitter, with a whole,
1: oh, like oh a, a no, mini a list.
0: Yeah, like a mini list of this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And yeah, there were some in there that I think Pete even even had mentioned like, hey, I need to write these down. I need to go looking for these. And mm. Like, Yeah, we're, we're never going to run out like is when the bad mm-hmm. boys are sick and tired of doing this, that's when we might run out. Um, right. But yeah, it's because Halloween's coming next year. And you know what? I think we'll find some stories. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said at the top, the story you chose was. Yes. Batman number 237. Released in 1971. Written by your man, RIP, Denny O'Neill. Illustrated by Neil Adams. Uh, It was released, obviously, physically. It's been collected in trades and hardcovers. It's on DC Universe Infinite. It's available in those collections on my. My favorite app, Hoopla. It's available digitally to buy. Uh, Mr. Hoss, for this episode, how did you read Batman Two Thirty Seven, otherwise named Night of the Reaper?
1: Night of the Reaper. Well, I I barely read it a little little bit ago, but yeah, I, I read this on DC in Universe Infinite. I had it um in a little folder of like Batman Book Club possibilities like since last year i just had it saved on the little tab and so I, I read it that way but i've also got it here with me right now in my batman illustrated by neil adam flying through
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh guess what me that i got too. from always for four months wait which one the hardcover? no i got the soft oh. cover Oh my gosh! I thought you got the hardcover at Ollie's mm-hmm. for four bucks. Like the hardcover um, they had is a deal for Ollie's.
1: <laughs> no, I did.
0: I mean the one.
1: I think I got the other two at Ollie's also for cheap. But they gotcha. only had the soft cover of Volume Three, unfortunately. Gotcha. But,
0: I had you last year. You actually opened up your your. Copy I opened last it up. Year. <laughs> yep. yeah. I had you break the seal. It lost all of its yep. value. Lost yeah, all of its but value. it was so worth it. Uh, That's what I should
1: do. I should just do future stories, uh, or future episodes of this podcast w- based off of hardcovers I haven't opened yet. <laughs> <'Cause laughs> That's great. Let's it. do the Danny. Let's do the Rachel Gold saga, the O'Neill <laughs> Rachel Gold saga next.
0: Yeah, and you can make sure to definitely tear open the plastic right in front of the mic. Like, so yeah, you can all experience it. Uh, and so sniff we both wrote- it and smell it both read the smell those hard (laughs) yeah (laughs) smell the hard flop (laughs) does that work is good uh yeah so you read it through the soft cover i fortunately have a first printing of the hard cover Uh, which is how i read it now do you possibly remember the first time that you read this the story yeah tonight or before this podcast really this is the first time you ever read it
1: Yes. Yeah. What? To actually, actually read it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been on lists of things for a long time. And it's uh-huh. been on, you know, it's Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, whatever. Um, but this isn't, it's a pretty iconic cover. And you see it a lot. Uh, and it's on lists of, um, I think on BOF, on Batman on Film, you can find like Michael Uslin lists of like, you know, good, scary Batman stories or like from uh-huh. different eras or periods or whatever. But like this one, Kind of drops off, I think, because it's not, uh, you know, it's not like the Two Face story or the Joker's five way revenge, yeah. or you know, it's not one of those. So it's it's easy to kind of let it go by the wayside. But it's so like the cover is so great, and it's such of that era, and like it's literally on the like we uh, last year we were I, I kind of wanted to do this one last year because when we looked at uh, Brave and the Bull ninety three, I was like, well. Is, is this a Halloween story? Does this count? And we read it and we're like, okay, yeah, it totally counts. But on this cover, it literally says it's a haunting Halloween novel. Yeah. So, but yeah. And, and of course, like, and as a kid too, like I saw this cover and I kind of, I'm like, oh, is this, is this related to Batman year two? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, but no.
0: <laughs> but no. Yeah. I remember, I'm not surprised. Spiritually, oh, I'll, perhaps. I'll hold off for a second because I received this uh, this hardcover as a birthday present uh, in, mm. I don't know what year was it, was this this one made, she says 2005, I had to have gotten it in like 2006 or 2007, and I read it from cover to cover, uh, so anything in here, so this was the first time that I read Joker's Five-Way Revenge, because that's in here, this is mm. the first mm-hmm. time that I read uh, the, um, excuse me, the Ra's al Ghul, Mm -hmm. yeah which which one's that called oh my gosh daughter of the demon here we go yeah the one that was turned into Batman the animated series yeah Um, moon of the wolf in here this was the first time Mm -hmm. i read that so it had been we'll just say 2007 probably was the first time that i read this right uh-huh uh Uh, and now like (laughs) you may have already said it but why did you choose this story when i asked if you would love to um take on the, the pressure of kicking off the Ooh. spooky month on the Batman book club?
1: Well, the pressure, I feel like I, my past self saved my future self because <laughs> the pressure was cause I, cause when you first asked last year, I, I came, I came up with a couple of these. Uh, so these were on the top of my list and yeah, that's so the, re- that, absolutely. The reason I wanted to read it was because it's, it's, they got that eternally great Batman duo of Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. And yeah. It's it's a great era of comics of this kind of storytelling and that cover is just so magical and it's a haunting Halloween novel and it's and it's a single issue. (laughs) So (laughs) it's got a lot of great
0: aspects to it there. I don't have my my list of recent episodes. Uh, Of course, I love the long art stories. I love the long Halloweens and and all of that. sometimes it is a breath of fresh air when the homework is one single 22 page story. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, like I had told you right before we even started recording that this is the first time in a long time that I was like, you know what? I'm going to read this a second time before we even record. And I got to read it twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, that was just delightful. So uh, thank you for that. And yeah. So now I'm glad that you chose the one you did last year because that was the first time I read that story. I'm I mm-hmm. didn't remember much with this this one. Uh, so, yeah, now the forget this pressure of this year. The pressure is on for next year that you've got to deliver something. New. I mean, you just rattled off a ton of stories at the top. I know there's so this many. Yeah, that's what I should.
1: <laughs> what I should do between this year and next year is read a lot of these stories in these collections and be like, OK, this this is great. Or this one fits the, the spooky bill.
0: This is. Sp- Lauer, how about ghost. you just have me on all month long next year? Because I did my homework. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The Ryan
0: and Ryan celebration on the Batman book club. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Or if or if I read one and hit one that's not spooky enough, be like, let's just do this as a regular episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you'll see. It, we thought it was a spooky, but it really was a dude in a mask, like a Scooby Doo. Like <laughs> half of these Batman stories could also be Scooby Doo. Why was Denny O'Neill not a writer on Scooby Doo?
0: <laughs> Should have been. Oh, the potential as great as Scooby Doo was. Imagine an elevated material with Mister O'Neill on there.
1: Yeah, for real. Great. So,
0: I I, I want to give credit where credit is due here. That some of the fascinating parts of this of the story are kind of the the lesser known facts that uh, mm-hmm. Danny O'Neill shared in the past and Neil Adams shared in the past and. They they were conducted interviews. Maybe they they sh- shared them elsewhere. But there's a website 13thdimension.com. that mm-hmm. had it's interviewed a really good Denny. O- yeah, it is of uh, interviewed Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and talked about this issue specifically, in which the story takes place in Rutland, Vermont in where there's a Halloween parade and there, and that's actually, that's not the first page of the story. That's the two page spread where mm-hmm. you see Dick Grayson and three others. And they're walking through this big, uh, this big float, which I think is great um, in lesser money conscious uh, times, I guess, or rights, character rights times. Cause you have a blend of, you've got yes. Hawkman standing in front of Captain America, uh yep.
1: Later on in the story, you've got Spider-Man, you've got Thor, you know, just showing Not up. Not
0: Spider-Man, Web Slinger Teen or something.
1: <laughs> Web Slinger guy, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Web Slinger
0: guy. Um But that's Denny O'Neill, he's he had spoken that every year around Halloween time really was up in Rutland, Vermont. There was a Halloween parade, and that a comic book uh comic book guys would go up there and stay at Tom Fagan's mansion, who was uh, owned a production publishing, a publishing mm-hmm. company. That's right up there. And so they would go and it's funny how O'Neill and Adams both would say that they would do things in the woods. They didn't say exactly what, well, but definitely <laughs> sounded like, Oh, they probably they drank and got, maybe had a little bit mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, and yeah. Passed out and would wake up with headaches as Mr. Yeah. O'Neill would say, but a lot of them would go up and, and stay uh, in that area each year. It was a known thing. And he, Denny O'Neill, made it into a Batman story. A one-issue Batman story. And yeah. I I love the fact of, of this image of who Dick's standing by. From left to right is all the way to the left is Bernie Wrightson. Next to him is uh, Jerry Conway. And then to the right of Dick was Alan Weiss. Now, do you know who Alan Weiss is? I do not. I don't either, but the fact that he mentioned him with um, Wrightson and, and Conway made me think that, uh, oh, mm-hmm. I, I should know who he is. So that's just like the, the realistic background part that I think is actually kind of cool is somehow that was like the basis, almost like the basis of this story. And then O'Neill said that, how oh, was it, Dick Giordano, that wanted he wanted the Holocaust brought into this somehow.
1: That was the Harlan Ellison connection okay who famously wrote the two-face episode of I mean uh, of Batman in 66 that did not get produced <gasps> and it was a famous you know sci-fi writer
0: yeah mm, okay yeah so that that was quite the curveball to me in we're celebrating so it makes total sense that this would work as a Halloween I mean the cover alone says that it worked you know would work as a Halloween time story but then they're at a halloween parade Mm -hmm. uh, in which this alan weiss guy he loves floats he's obsessed oh my gosh uh, (laughs) he's like yeah uh but then yeah there's this i don't know is it halfway through yeah halfway through that the doctor tells his story about how he's a survivor of you know of a nazi concentration camp it's like well this just took a very sad and dark turn. i was like whoa i wasn't heavy, expecting that yeah, yeah what a what a heavy turn uh so, yeah. so you, you knew the basis of the story before reading it
1: no <laughs> no nothing. clue okay nothing no just the that's the thing a lot of these a lot of times in this era you you have it's like a pretty good split of neil adams just doing the covers mm-hmm. and then neil adams also doing interior art yeah. Um. So no, like this is this is a story that I just knew of for a long time, but never actually read. So yeah, it was it was really
0: fresh. Re- actually reading it. Yes, because it starts out in in fun. Yeah. Then as Dick and his friends are walking, there's somebody dressed up like Robin getting uh beaten down with a a blackjack. Which yeah, I had Ro to. oh like, What is that? Enjoyed these two because that was in the uh Joker's Five Way Revenge story as well. Right. Um, and Dick intervenes with his friends because he gets knocked out. Fortunately, Batman shows up because Batman's also in Vermont. Um uh, <laughs> and then as he probably both were he takes him to his ally, this the doctor. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Gruner, in which that's when he reveals his whole, th- then the plot comes together of there's a big at this Tom Fagan's mansion. They're going to having a big old party. And it's been said that a Colonel Kurt Schloss, a Nazi who Dick instantly says, I've heard of him. They called him the butcher. Uh, Dr. Gruner said that they really believe that Schloss is going to be at this party. So now it sets things in motion. It was, like it's kind of a reach, I think. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a very standard Batman story, uh, in that regard. But this Nazi is going to be at this party, so then Batman's going to keep his eye out for this party uh, at this party. Meanwhile, here's a ripper, a reaper that's killed somebody. So I, somebody dressed up as Robin has been attacked. We find out that somebody dressed up as Batman has been attacked and, and killed, murdered. Yeah, then somebody else has been murdered and then Batman stops some guys in the, like in the tower of the mansion. And then Schloss yeah, gets blown standing. up in his car. Yeah. All of this is happening. It's really, it's not easy to put together. So this was a case where a second reading did benefit me though, to really try yeah. to make everything snap together. And I keep talking, so I'm going to let you talk now. <laughs> Yeah, like
1: it's it is it is. I feel like this. Um, I don't know if it's a combo of like storytelling of comics at the time, plus just the way Denny O'Neill would do these issues. But I, I felt like there were a lot of uh, storytelling similarities between this and last the and Redwater Crimson Death that we covered last year mm-hmm. in terms of good like a big opening splash page like some setup it the story definitely has three pretty distinct acts to it sure like you kind of start with robin which was interesting to me because i wasn't expecting that i mean it uh this is one of those books at the time where you would have it would be it was batman 237 but it's but this is batman with robin the teen wonder you know they're calling yeah. him the teen wonder now not the boy wonder he is the teen wonder Yeah, like some of these other issues, like like in Detective Comics, you would have like Batman and Batgirl, you know, and they would like team Batman up with um with his allies and stuff like that. So it starts off with Robin. You're like, oh, where's where's Batman going to show up in the story other than the the teaser at the beginning telling you, oh, this person looks like Batman's dead. You know, you should be Mm sad. Um, but yeah, like so it's it's a pretty interesting setup because it it pulls you in in different ways. Um, it's not, it doesn't read exactly like a modern comic book or whatever, yeah. which, it, which I think. And, 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 and again, just like last year's story, you're in like a random off out of the town, you know, like, well, it, last year's Batman started out like in Gotham and then commissioner Gordon sent him off on vacation, you know, yeah. Out of the country. But and it's the same things here. It's like, okay, we're in Virginia for Halloween. Just go with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's not to say that that doesn't Vermont. happen in modern comment. Yeah. Or Vermont. Vermont there we go. VA. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, and, and then you throw in other things like Nazis and ghosts and goblins and stuff like that. It's kind of a, <laughs> yeah. <it's>, Harvey Dent. <laughs> Harvey Dent. It just shows a lot of, it, it shows a lot of interesting sides of Batman and it still shows that he can work, you know, yeah. out of Gotham with, more realistic in quotation marks, store you know, story setups.
0: So yeah, so it's not a typical Batman comic book. But I think that's okay too. Because though yeah my comments here of it is a little it feels a little uh loosely connected, these three acts like you'd said and all these parts, but it also the second read benefited and it helped things connect better that I mean, all this is a, I liked this, this issue. I like this issue. I think it's a, I think it's a good story with some fun elements. It takes a really hard turn that you don't see coming with the, the Nazis concentration uh, camp connection. Some of the stuff feels a little scattered and unconnected like these two. So the, the Reaper has killed some people. Batman takes down these two guys that are, looking out for the, the Nazi that's apparently there, which we get one random glimpse of in his little pirate suit. Get up. He doesn't say any words. It's informed that like,
1: yeah, this is, you're looking for a dude that's in a pirate costume, but we're not sure why he's, why he's there. People are there to seek revenge on him, but we don't know why he was actually there. I don't think.
0: And he's not even sharing a same, like a panel with Batman or anything. It's, it's right. almost like it, it feels almost a little like an afterthought of, well, let's go ahead and put him here in which then, you know, three pages later, we don't even see that it's him that gets into the card that gets blown up. But then it's like, that's where these, these two random guys are trying to seek their revenge on this guy, but not in the same way that Dr. Gruner wants is looking for this Nazi general. So it's also right. well. Then who the hell are these two guys? Which Batman takes down and stops. And so I don't know if we're even supposed to. Spoiler alert! In three, two, one. Doctor Gruner is the Reaper. Did right. it seem obvious to you in reading it before he even got to the revelation? That oh, it was no. Doctor Gruner. Okay. No. And I, because in reading it, definitely the second time too. I'm like, what's what's the point of the Reaper here? Because the Reaper just has shown up like he's gonna attack Robin. Uh he's gonna attack Alan Weiss, um, which oh my gosh, let me Yeah. <laughs> he's he comes up missing and then he's just out on his own out in the country. man that blinking red light on top of the house is cool almost as cool as floats (laughs) uh, yeah (laughs) i just love that he's so random and then do you dig float? oh like all of a sudden there's a body hey do you dig floats whoa and there's the reaper i mean it's pretty implied (laughs) he's he's on something yeah exactly (laughs) and I I don't know. I just, the inclusion of the Reaper here, not until the end. It's it's I don't even, it almost doesn't. It's confusing more than Batman's there because if Batman's in Vermont, because of there's a Reaper that's killing people. Okay. but Batman's there to solve, to, to, to take down this murderer and solve this case. That makes, that makes sense but it's almost like Mm -hmm. he's showing up because a doctor said, Hey, at this party, I heard that this Nazi general likes to play dress up and go to parties. And Batman says, okay, I'll get him. Mm -hmm. And then the Reaper just so happens to show up. So it almost feels like it, it couldn't be anybody else, but Dr. Gruner. Yeah. Like that. That's the setup. That's the red herring. Yeah. By the end. But I say that, and I know it doesn't necessarily sound harsh or anything, but it, it it ends up working, and I think maybe the most kind of the terrifying, most terrifying image that Adams even draws in this entire issue is the one of the the little glimpse of the concentration camp with the general and the whip, yeah, the barbed wire yeah. like that is that's disturbing, and not yeah. in a fun horror, uh, sort of way. That's like, uh, ugh. so let's talk yeah. about Neil Adams. He, I mean, yeah, like he. Yeah, I guess that's part of it.
1: Is um, a lot of people want want to get the Nazi Journal. I guess he's laying low, ex- ex- except for going to Halloween parades. But um, but there were other Nazi. There were two different parties chasing him, and the doctor told Batman. But then he decided, you know what? I am just going to do this myself, and also dress up like a Reaper and kill anybody that gets in my way.
0: Yeah, he just kind of snapped at the end after Doctor Gruner confesses to Batman of. And it's revealed it's him and he, the Batman says, there's not enough water in that stream to wash the guilt from anyone who presumes to take the life of another. That's a. Tough de- debate, a tough conversation for someone mm-hmm. who survived a concentration camp to tell them mm-hmm. to try and say that they can't seek revenge on a Nazi general who was in charge at that camp uh, mm-hmm. oof. it's weird than how that, that how that became a mandate for O'Neill to insert into a Batman story is to write a story with the Holocaust and then basically do the back half and actually ends up being like what four pages worth of story talking about this very layered and deep subject which we're talking about in 1971 so not even 30 years after the holocaust right right like that i don't know that's that can be heavy stuff (laughs) yeah you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's it is definitely heavy but i think the reason he has it i mean other than just the he tries to bring it back to batman on the next page where like batman's like you know I lost my parents to evil too, but you know I, he's he's got to do the classic Batman thing of like, well, let's not kill yeah. people, <laughs> even even if it's a Nazi concentration camp guy. Yeah. Uh, I guess I kind of it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a debate to be had there, but um, but the, I, I see what the intent is behind it.
0: Yeah, Um eh. now, I love mean,
1: some of the dialogue. There's some. Like last year's story in Redwater Crimson Death, there were so, there were some really good bangers of bangers of lines. There's mm-hmm. great ones in here too. When Batman's talking about the Reaper, he's strong with the strength of madness.
0: You know, there's good <laughs>
1: stuff. Actually,
0: yeah. So when Bill was on a few months ago and we did Joker's Five Way Revenge, there were yeah. some good O'Neill bangers in there too. He can whip up some pretty decent phrases. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of, which I and, didn't and say. some of the, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I didn't say for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it's, it's page 12 of the issue that inside oh, yes. the party, that is Denny O'Neill in the cowboy hat. Yes. he says, mind getting off my foot. Yeah. Speaking to Thor. And then, yeah, behind him is Webslinger Lad. There we go. There you go. Slinger lad and, is talking to Batman. And it's funny th- just the, that not only
1: is that Danielle O'Neill, but that's a conversation that he, in, in interviews. And he even told me when I interviewed him about that whole, like, Oh, people would ask you, what do you do for a living? And he's like, Oh, uh, you know, that's a really, <laughs> you know, he's afraid. He didn't want to tell people that he wrote comic books because he was afraid that people would say what Thor says here. Oh, that's a dumb way to make a living. You know, you <laughs> right, Those f- silly things, those comic books.
0: Yeah, uh, they really showed Denny O'Neill, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fools. Uh, so I mentioned briefly with Neil Adams, uh, what can we say that has never been said about his art before? It's pretty good. Yeah, he knows how to construct a cover. Which he breaks down in that 13th dimension. Yeah, interview. I like it when he,
1: yeah. Really he interesting. He talks about the the composition, the A shape, and the, yes. and the red colors in, in particular. He's got some other good breakdown descriptions of other um,
0: well, he covers, said, like he,
1: the he, classic he, Rachel Gulwin on the on 13th dimension too. So
0: Yeah, and on the, I think with DC, he said it was almost a rule of, don't do the horror, imply it's going to happen. So yeah. with that cover that it's it's basically like this is what we see two seconds before yeah. the the bad image happens to where DC's not doing it. It's us as the readers that are doing this, and that's the great yeah. tease, which I think is also great because here we find out, is- and I I miss the days of the covers are first of all matching the art inside of the story, and then also is directly related to the story. And there's yeah. almost a, an exact image. It's replicated in the story with the the reader yeah. standing over Robin. He's raising. Yeah, the, there are tons of. Yeah, th- th- That
1: that is quintessential comic book cover stuff. Like when I was a kid and I would read or just have. I have some reference books that have like just pages of covers. You just see the cover and imagine what the story could be. You yeah. know, I love those kind of those kind of comic book covers.
0: And this definitely, I mean, d- it delivers. And on that front, yeah. On the cover, you're like, oh my gosh, is the Reaper's is going to try and slice Robin in half. Hey, you get halfway through the story and the Reaper tries to slice Robin in half. So <laughs> thank you, Neil yeah. Adams. But I, in, in the reprints of this, I, I would love to see, I mean, obviously with a lot of older stories, I would love to see an original, issue and see what the coloring looked like because these neil adams this is one that i did did not yeah this is not the one that i got because
1: because last year's there was a there's a big difference between the original and the recolored Mm -hmm. you know remastered recolored versions so it probably is quite different
0: it looks pretty i really like the the coloring in in this collection but yeah I would be very curious on how they play with I mean just the opening page and how there is a blend of pink, purple and blue as a background with a, with a, a somewhat fainted yellow on the moon and then Batman's mm-hmm. blue is popping in front of that in the tree and and all this is, is extremely nerdy but it'd be I don't interesting to see how are the colors on its original Cause it's striking yeah. now
1: in a very good way. Well, like in the, yeah, like in the original, like um, in that 13th dimension article, you see like the Denny O'Neill shot and like, he's got like a Brown suit in the recolored version and in the original version. He's got like a purple suit, you know? So they've, they've changed some yeah. and there's, and there's generally more shading like in the room that he's in, in the original, it's just like green drapes and yellow, everything. And they've changed, they've actually colored more of that. And there's more, de- a little bit more depth to it. In the, in the recolored. Ah, uh, yes.
0: I'm pulling it up now. I'm looking. Uh
1: um, yeah, I wish I had the, the original to, to, to com- do more comparisons, but, uh, it's a kind of a slightly pricey issue at this point.
0: Shout out to straight out of Gotham. Old Solomon Grundy makes a, a nice little cameo here on one of those floats. One of those amazing floats. Uh, I bet Pete has this issue. Ooh, i
1: found what the uh this is not interesting for readers or listeners but i found what the the opening uh page looks
0: like i can put it to you here in the chat it's it's pretty do that and i will i'll tweet it out interesting. once once this episode drops we'll put that out i'll put that out too yeah yeah it's like a purple sky
1: flat color because that's usually generally yeah so like in the original it's just a flat purple sky this bright bright purple um to imply Purple, yeah but uh but here in the in the recolored you get the uh it's like a darker blue that transitions into the the purple so generally yeah and like even the night of the reaper is like one solid color Mm -hmm. in the original and it's got a little bit more of a gradient to it in the recolored. So that's generally what you see in a lot of these more modern day stuff. You get more shading and texture. Like the moon's got the moon texture on it. And it's just a flat color in the original. And I, and like, there's more of a stark white on the, uh, on the tree and the tree is like a flat blue versus like the more um, brown. I, I, it'd be interesting to get some sort of comic historian take on this because I'm sure there are some people that are like, why the hell are you re, Doing art like that. Like, yeah. no, you know, or give us the option of having the, the, uh, the original.
0: What makes me know. wonder for sure, especially because Neil Adams is been very, yeah. he, he's like a businessman with his own work. Yeah, did so He I, recolor them. I'm kind of. That's what I'm. I'm wondering, wondering is how much say did he have in this Batman Illustrated collection? Because I feel like he would have to have some kind of say. And with that, did he recolor it? Did he approve of it? Was this just oh, DC See, doing it in Batman themselves? Illustrated? And, and the front. I'm
1: looking at the Batman Illustrated of Neil Adams, Volume Three. It says, "Interior color by Continuity Associates, Snow Cone and Jameson Services." Huh. So it was seems to have been some a, a company that does this you know like a color a colorist company that redoes re- things
0: Interesting. Yeah. If
1: you would, it's yeah. a rewriting history in a way but it's also kind of like things that happen with video games like it's a remaster you know it's like well when yeah. this game came out you know we could only show textures as you know a smaller resolution and we've just changed the textures or you can see it with better resolution now yeah. we have a better te-
0: technology all of it right? will right. have its fans it's a fine line all of it will yeah. have its critics so yes
1: Yes, I like what pros I see and cons.
0: here. Yeah. I like what I see here. I'm sure there would be some panels that I disagree with and others that I would agree with. So
1: yeah, it's, that's what was so fun last like, year. Cause I had like four different versions and you'd be like,
0: Oh, it's cool. It's, I can see it's cooler in the original
1: yeah. or it's, Oh, it's way better in the, <laughs> in the redone.
0: Well, I didn't even mention, I said art by Neil Adams, but it says it, Dick Giordano is also credited. I wonder how much mm-hmm. involvement he, he had. He did the anchor.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> Oh, uh, because I mean, is it, that just sort of umbrella ink? There we go. Uh, all of it? Because, you know, it used to be, or usually is, inks get, inkers get their own credits now, too. Right. So I'm, I'm curious there. And it's what just Teodano's a, a blinking art. Here. Whereas, yeah. you know, well, this is probably inks, art, story, and then edited. And then yeah. from an idea by Bernie Rideson with an assist from Harlan Ellison. So there you go. Covered all yeah. tracks. Um, yeah, this is a. This is enjoyable, though. I There's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun and there's actually a lot of horror. And then there's a lot of too, too <laughs> real horror also involved. But a few people die in this, like mm-hmm. legit. So. I, I'm curious. I've never come across, and maybe it's just been staring me in the face all the time. If this gave any kind of inspiration for the year two story, uh, yeah. Of- I mean, that's what I was.
1: That's what I was saying earlier. I don't know if it's just the the fact that it's this the Reaper, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pre existing thing. I, and it's a pretty iconic cover and iconic, you know, duo. Even by the time that. You know the that Batman Year Two would have come out right, so it is pretty interesting. I wouldn't doubt that it might have had some sort of you know late. Because I, I know some people but, want to
0: credit Mask of the Phantasm, the Phantasm right. with Year Two, and it's like we'll take it one step further of Year Two. Now look at Night of the Reaper, and so it's all connected. God, I should have asked. I should have asked Mike Barr when I had him sign my my Year Two. Issues. You should have. You really dropped the ball there. Did but, you
1: copy um, Danny O'Neill?
0: <laughs> I, you know what? Do not sign my book. You How about I just Denny. rip up this comic? How about yeah. that? Yeah, and then I'll burn it. Uh,
1: you call me Mike R. Bar. my middle initials W. <laughs> you
0: piece of crap. R stands for hope. Uh, is there anything else you want to that we didn't touch on i know this was a a quick story a quick discussion so far it feels like but i mean only ryan can be 40 minutes in and say
1: oh i know mm, i found another image of the reaper himself uh you're hearing it live folks yes hearing it live reaper attacks robin here we go copy image address Ooh, we're gonna paste and go to this you say ooh or this is uksus. a good con-
0: <laughs>
1: sorry oops <laughs> yeah oops is not in the story we That's actually not.
0: what jack nicholson said in batman 89 and they, uh, they i know we just cut it. too early oops yeah They're like, nah, well, cool. that's a that's a pretty so the page eight
1: in the recolored is a stark difference uh between the original and the original the black ground is just a flat blue Mm-hmm. And in the recolored, it is this white with all of these red accent lines around it. That's and, and a glowing red eyes, which is a better change in the recolored because the glowing red eyes was like a story point wow. elsewhere in the story. So I don't know. I just love this stuff. It's so fascinating to kind of yeah. compare the, the two.
0: I don't but know. I, I think I like the blue background. I, I think more. Than I do what too. I think here.
1: I think. This is definitely one of those stories where if you have the original, you know, with that, like, t- tactile newsprint, like, paper, like, yeah. that would, that would really get you kind of into the story pretty, pretty well, I think. Um, mm. But, mm. hey, I think, I think either, either one is, as long as you're reading the story, you know, yeah, that's kind of, uh, you're doing, you're doing good
0: for sure is there anything else you'd like to touch on i mean overall i just think that um
1: this is a really cool story and it's one that not a lot of it takes a lot of skill for a comic book writer to take to take some sort of like what could be perceived as like a self-indulgent thing it's like oh let's 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 just take this thing that we do as like real people and turn it into a story and hey throw in some put some holocaust stuff in it and give a bunch of people cameos and ha- put a bunch of like superhero cameos from other publishers in it and stuff. A lot of like self, uh, you know, on the surface, self-indulgent type of like stuff, but be able to make a really, you know, compelling comic book story out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. That's really impressive. And then you put Neil Adams art on top of it. Then you just got <laughs> like a really cool, uh, cool really, just a really cool Batman story. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. Um, it's a, like on the surface, the story that is teased on the front is it delivers. It's a cool, a cool story. It's fun that they're able to incorporate, you know, their their inside jokes like hell, like we do with the Batman book club. How many things do we drop that are kind of inside jokes? And it's just fun. It's hopefully oh, not too much of a distraction. And which Daniel <laughs> said in the <that, laughs> in that interview too that for those in the know who read it, it might take them out of the story for one oh, or two sure. minutes, yeah. but. I mean, that that part's fun. And then to also bring in, you know, real, real horror as motivation it it can it can connect a lot of these loose ends, they they can connect in the end of that. It. it makes it for mm-hmm. a for a good, pretty strong 22 page story. So uh, well done, uh, Danny O'Neill. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure if he were still with us, he would be so relieved that. I that I gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> <I'm just ready. laughs> I know. All right. The it's Batman like, book club said that they approved Batman 237. Right, Read the reviews. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to, I'll be on the lookout for this to see if I can pick it up at a, at a decent price at some point so I can.
0: What would be your top pair?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: 87 bucks. I was going to say 80. Would you pay 80 for it? So, okay. Well, now we know the 87. Condition. Depends on the condition. <laughs> Very I fine. do have
1: I've got a Batman one eighty one. So it's in decent shape.
0: Ooh That's his first
1: appearance of poison ivy if you didn't know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm no Pete Vera. I'm no Peter
0: R. Vera with his first Uxas appearance. First Uxas first apocalypse, first uh who else you got? New gods. New gods, New gods first uh, first black mask, uh, you name it.
1: Mm-hmm. First ventriloquist.
0: That's why he bought for Batman Day, I believe. He did. Good mm-hmm. for him. Uh, let's hop into some favorites, Mister Ross. Yeah, you know favorite part of Batman Two Thirty Seven. Ooh, favorite part of Batman Two Thirty Seven.
1: I just think that whole sequence where Batman tracks down the Nazis looking for Colonel Schloss and diverts it and escapes. Well, it has to warn and then like escapes from like. The car explosion—that's that's that's, that whole sequence—is a very like 1970s James Bond Batman kind of like feel and scenario to me. And I just think that those kinds of things are pretty cool. And then you get some cool Batman Robin interaction
0: afterwards. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, not my favorite part, but I'll say that's really cool. I do love how they break up the panels of the flashing Morse code light, and then we get a panel of black, panel of action, panel of black, panel of action like that. That part's pretty fun to me. That seems a little cinematic and something that would be a really cool
1: yeah. element
0: in in a horror movie even, you know, and effective. So mm-hmm. that that part's pretty cool. For me mine might be actually the Robin's discovery of the the dead Batman which turns into the confrontation with the Reaper. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. that's kind mm-hmm. of some good horror element that I can almost see in my Yeah. See it play out in my head and stuff like that. Of that's some good atmosphere building, and I think it's effective. So that's probably my favorite part. And that is
1: kind of a because I was reading that whole sequence too when he's discovering that, and a lot of that, um, you know, we're covering some some issues in '90s issues of the Tim Drake series. On everyone loves the Drake podcast, and a lot of the same kind of setup happens where Tim Drake. Or a Robin, I should say. Like Robin is having to stop or, you know, f- solve mysteries while he's not Robin, but has to kind of use his skills, but not be too good because yeah. he doesn't want people to suspect who or figure out who he is. Um, so it's pretty cool to see that kind of same setup uh, already in play here, um, you know, in the 70s with Dick Grayson.
0: Absolutely. How about a favorite panel?
1: My favorite panel. Uh, I think I will pick the opening splash page. Just that whole, like, because it's indicative of, of this whole era where you get like a really cool, um, like opening page to the book with all of the text and the setup and the Night of the Reaper logo and just the, the full page spread of like, oh no, is Batman dead? What happened? You know, um, the good shadowing and good yeah, everything. I mean, that's it's just a really cool a page that just gets you right into the story.
0: I am with you written down Ah. in my notes. Mine too. I do love that. It creates, it creates a mood. It creates a mystery. I'm intrigued. You're drawn in because like somebody has nailed Batman to a tree. Uh Oh, what's going on here? And they told us he wasn't moving. It was lifeless. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I just I like that. That's a good, strong image to open up to. Uh, of course, the the Reaper standing over Robin is a good honorable mention. But I, for me, Batman, Batman stands out. Would you would you like to see this animated in adaptation? I think this would make a
1: really cool like DC showcase like short, mm-hmm. you know, mm hmm. I really do like this. This fits the bill of those, I think in a lot of ways yeah. too. Um, just with the tone, the way that it, and there's obviously a lot of things they could change or kind of, I don't want to say tighten up, but kind of a, y- y- change some of the things in the adaptation from between, uh, between things. Because I think this whole like seventies era Batman thing is a kind of a cool untapped era of, translation like yeah. you got a really you got some cool um like what 50s and 60s type of vibe with brave and the bold mm-hmm. um and we've um, you know I think the closest we've seen was was with uh, the what was it Batman's Soul of the Dragon Hole of the
0: Dragon yeah um it's a, yeah, I so say. I think
1: more yeah so more stuff like that I think that's a really cool uh Batman era mm-hmm. that um that you could not just copy one-to-one, but, but making kind of new stories with those, with that kind of same vibe, I think would be kind of a, a neat thing to do. And gosh, every time we, you ask these questions on, on these shows, I just think of the, when I got to interview, um, I got to interview James Tucker because he, he was there for both the Wonder Woman bloodlines and Batman, it wasn't for batman hush it was Wonder Woman bloodlines oh and batman beyond 20th anniversary of batman beyond but i got to talk to james tucker about like what other batman movies are coming or could you make or whatever and he's always said like i just want to do like a series that like an anthology series where like a legends of the dark knight or something where like every episode you could do else worlds or you could do a seventy story, or you could mm-hmm. do a sixty story, or you could do an eighty story, and you great. could change up the tone and the and the and that's that'd be your opportunity to do like a straight up adaptation of a book, or set up make a new story with like existing you know vibes or or eras or whatever. And I, I thought that would be so cool. Like just make like Legends of the Dark not the series, and you could just you could have different Batman voices. You could just do all kinds of crazy like stories that way because Batman's so malleable and they totally do a lot of that in Batman, the brave and the bold, but it, it, a more like, uh, I don't know, adult or more wide ranging spin on that concept, uh, I think would be really cool because
0: I wonder if they you know, have to, if a, a lot of times would feel like they'd have to change the motivation of Dr. Gruner, you know, because maybe. at this point we're at 20, not that, you know, you should ever forget or anything like that, but, if it's a story that seems like it's taking place now that couldn't, Well, that's the thing. Like if you had made it take place in the seventies, would it still be like, Oh yeah. And it would still be effective to wrap your head around that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Because we have a lot of stories nowadays that, that, that still use world war two as like an inflection point. You know, we have justice society, world war two. We have exactly, you know, we, a lot of the shorts, um, have, uh, that, that's why it made me think of the shorts because a lot of the shorts that we have in the, DC animated films, like still take place around that, that time period uh, and, and use it to a, their advantage, you know? Yeah. So this, that could be no different if they ever did hop to a James adaptation. Tucker.
0: I know you're listening, pal. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Haas, do you have any final thoughts on Batman Two Thirty Seven: night of the
1: reaper? I just think it's another feather in the cap of great <laughs> Neil Adams and denny o'neill story is like what more mm-hmm. can you say like it mm-hmm. just checks all the check boxes and it just happens to be a cool halloween spooky related yeah story
0: agreed uh hopefully i can find another one copy paste, yeah <laughs> pressure's on now it's <laughs> it's i said it earlier it's definitely on now the pressure's there uh, I, I i agree this it's atmospheric um it's cool it's got a it's good great cover great mood there is like a horror figure. There's a real life horror in there. And it's, I think it's just a fun semi quick read. If you've lasted this long and haven't read it, track it down, uh, give it a read. It will be a treat. It'll be a treat. So there you go. Whew. All right. Well, that's was, that too shabby. Kicking us off. Uh, yeah. Pete's got to follow, got to follow this up. So I hope he does his homework and he delivers because oh, you I'm have sure. set the bar high, Mr. Haas. Nice. Um, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for kicking this off. Thanks for picking another good story. Thanks for making it a one issue story. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there are any listeners who would love to follow all of your incredible feats, how can they, do, mm. how can they do that these days?
1: These days, you can just follow me on Twitter at SMB underscore Ryan, the SMB stands for Super Mario Brothers, and as in the Mar- as in the movie, the, the the 1993 movie, the good movie, uh, not the, not the new one that <laughs> isn't out yet, but will be eventually. Uh, and you can find that website, the Mario Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive, uh, on Twitter at SMB Movie. Uh, talked about uh, the good old uh, Robin. Everyone loves Drake comic podcast uh, that you can listen to. And follow on Twitter at eltb podcast, and of course the Batman Podcast Network is also on on the Twitter at at Batpod Network.
0: Excellent! What a year yeah. for the Mario's! What? Yes! Uh, oh what my year. goodness! What a year! The Lost Mario. We we, we
1: came out with the yeah we came out with the ding extended cut of the movie. Then they had to overshadow it with uh, announcing the, the yeah.
0: The it's okay. Nobody's camp. forgotten. Oh, there's the cat. What you did there he was cat yes. cameo. 50, 55 minutes in 56 minutes. in. I was really drawing this out. Just waiting for him to, yeah, I know (laughs) to shout out here. So it was Mario. just had to mention the Mario's and, and then he comes out of the woodworks. Yep. Sure does. (laughs) Uh, As for the Batman book club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for upcoming episodes, latest episode drops, and sometimes even some giveaways, the whole list of what we're covering this month has already been on released on Twitter. So just go there and check it out. You can also check out the Batman book club on YouTube where I've got some quick reviews up and hopefully have some more and some other things coming in the near future. You can write into the show with questions or comments concerns go to eric holzman at the (laughs) batman bc at gmail.com may start reading some questions one by one or something on future episodes so go ahead and write in if you'd like to support the show you can do it in a variety of ways first off like i already said patreon.com slash the batman bc if you want to buy support the show through some merchandise on t public you can do that in the t public store but if you don't want to spend any money at all that is 100 a okay you can do that with apple Podcasts rate and review page The link to that page is in the description of this episode. The more views the Batman Book Club gets, the more it helps the the Batman Book Club. (laughs) Yeah. And as we all know, well, it helps spread the word. And I I screwed it up. See, I went off track. Uh, The more it helps (laughs) spread the word, and as we all know, the word is panic. (laughs) (laughs) So, for Ryan Haas, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more panic guys.